Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. In my experience, most, not all, but most children love building things only so that they can knock them back down. They can spend hours putting things together with bricks or uh, Legos or, or building blocks or whatnot. And, and what? And magnets, yeah, magnet tiles. And then, and then, and then just crash it down. Now, I know there are always going to be one or two kids out there for whom that's not the case. You know, they, they like to build things and then put them aside and they're frustrated when anybody messes with their stuff. So th- those, those people, you got one, yep, those... None of those kids lived in my house, uh, so we would, you know, we would, we would, and it was just joyful to, you know, to, you know, you put all this time in and build it up, and and then you know, they'd look you in the eye and you'd look at them and they'd creep over and then pow and then gales of laughter and, uh, and that's great fun. That's 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 great fun. That's a part of childhood. That's a part of parenthood. All that fun stuff, and it and it's okay in that realm. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, those tendencies tend to bleed over into relationships as well. We can spend a lifetime uh, developing and cultivating relationships, and then one or two words, and those relationships are totally destroyed. It happens. It happens in families, it happens in communities, it happens in churches. And this is nothing new. This has happened. This has been happening since uh, since time began. And uh, and Paul is uh, uh, really stresses the importance of building one another up and creating unity in in, in Christ and and uh, uh, and being very very careful about how we uh, uh, interact with with one another. So if you have your Bible, I would invite you to open it to the 14th chapter of the book of Romans. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the, the church in Rome. This is a church of, uh, that started out with uh, a Jewish, uh, a Jewish people who found themselves uh, in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Uh, they heard the good news and gave their lives to Jesus and uh, received the Holy Spirit. They went back to Rome and started... Uh, sharing the good news, and of course, we know that the good news uh, uh, bled over into the Gentile communities, and, uh, uh, but it became very contentious within, uh, within Judaism in Rome, so much so that at one point, the emperor kicked out all of the Jews uh, from Rome. Get, go, anywhere but not here. Uh, and so there was, a, there was a six, eight year period of time where the church in Rome was pure Gentile. And then the, the Jews were invited back in, and there was this, this tension that existed between, between the two. And uh, for, the, uh, uh, for the Jewish background believers, uh, there was this time-honored tradition of uh, following the law. And that it, uh, they, they were blessed so much by it and uh, they had a unique history, even uh, in, in times where they were conquered, 
foreign powers would actually allow the Jews to continue observing their laws as long as they paid tribute. And so we have this new understanding that the law has been fulfilled, but you don't just take something that has defined your life for some 1,500 years and cast it aside. Uh, it, it served them well, and it would continue to serve them well. And so the, 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 the uh, Gentile uh, background believers, they would come in, they would receive this uh, forgiveness in Christ, and, and they would look down upon the Jews as uh, seemingly still trying to earn God's favor and, and, and grace through being law-abiding. And perhaps there was some of that, and if we're honest with ourselves... Uh, we still think that God has a scale up there and he's measuring our, uh, our, our behavior and he's going to bless us if we're good and he's going to whack us if we're bad. Uh, but uh, uh, this understanding of God's grace, the Gentile believers, they, they, they did not embrace the law and they were condescending and, and even ridiculing toward the Jewish background believers who tended to be a little condemning of the Gentile background, background believers. And so there's this tension working itself out uh, uh, in the church, and, 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 and Paul wants to make sure that we're focusing on the right thing and not majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors uh, when it comes to how we, how we care for one another. And so chapters 12, uh, 13, 14 are, are all about the so what. How do we live together? How do we make this work? What are the, what are the things that we're going to do in order to build up the body of Christ and not tear it down? And so that's where, uh, that's where we are here in this 14th chapter. It's still this tension uh, between what Paul calls the weak and the strong and, and he's actually referring to the, the Jewish background believers as the weaker, uh, 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 and, the, and the Gentile background believers as the stronger, but, but let's be careful in how we uh, interact with one another. And, and, and we're talking about disputable matters here. We're talking about disputable matters. We're not talking about indisputable matters. With indisputable matters, we need to stand up strong, and we need to hold each other accountable. And we talked about that last week. I gave you my five non-negotiables. Jesus Christ, fully God, fully human. The the, the Bible, this right here, this is God's Word, shows us how to live in relationship with God and with one another. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. On On the third day, He rose from the grave, and, the, and one day he's coming back. Those are five non-negotiables for me. If, uh, you know, and I struggle with people who say, oh yeah, but I'm a Christian, but I don't believe the Bible's the word of God. Oh, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm not so sure about uh, that whole thing on the cross. And, I, and I've heard people say that, and it's like, I, you can believe that, but I don't know how you can call it Christian. I, I, just, I just don't understand that. Those, to me, are not disputable matters, but there are matters that are disputable. And Paul, we looked at this last week, Paul says, don't, uh, 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 don't pass judgment on disputable matters. And then we continue on here, uh, picking it up in the 14th chapter with the 13th verse, and listen to what Paul writes. Therefore, therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind 
not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother or sister's way. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him or her it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy your brother or sister for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider to be good uh, be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by people. Let us make every effort, therefore, to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for one to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself or herself by what is approved, but the man who, the, and, and woman who has doubts is condemned if, if he does or she does eat, because the eating is not from faith. Anything that does not come from faith is sin. Tough words, but words we need to hear and words that we need to think about as, as we move through our days uh, and, and, and recognizing that we are to be about building up the body of Christ. They, we are to work in this process to be allies and not adversaries. And it starts right here. Uh, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother or sister's way. We are to be builders, not destroyers of relationships and especially people within the faith. And just determine that. Make it your goal. Make it a priority in your life not to put obstacles in front of other believers but to look for ways to build the community. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I'm fully convinced that no food is unclean in and of itself. But if anyone regards something as, that is, regards something as unclean, then for them it is unclean. If they are distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Now, we know that this was about the dietary laws and the, and the fact that the Jews were not eating meat because they didn't know if the, if the meat was handled appropriately. And so rather than violate their sense of purity and understanding, they just, they're, just, they're just saying no to it. Now they're, 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 and, and so to, to eat meat with them would have been a stumbling block. You know, well, that's, that's not uh, what happens today, right? Yeah, well, it can. I mean, I have friends who are vegetarians. 
And I always ask them, are you a vegetarian for uh, health reasons or moral reasons? Uh, Wes uh, uh, educated me this morning. He says there's a third reason. There are environmental reasons for people. He's an environmental scientist. He knows all that stuff. Uh, so, okay, I'm going to add that. So are, are you a vegetarian? Tell me why you're a vegetarian. Uh, I, I would like to know. Uh, and then we have, that, we have that conversation. Now, y'all know me. I, I love barbecue. I love to smoke meat. But I'm not going to invite my, my vegetarian friend to come over to my house and have a barbecue. And I, we were on vacation, and we saw a, a, a cookbook that said the, the, the vegan's barbecue. And I went, why? I, 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 you know, so I, I don't, but, but forgive me. Uh, because, uh, see, those, those little things kind of slip in. Uh, and, 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 you know, we want to be humorous and we want to be funny, but sometimes in our humor and, uh, and, and our funniness, uh, we're actually hurting people. And we don't, and we don't even think about it. And, and this act, it actually happened uh, on Friday. Uh, Friday at 11 o'clock, there's a pre-sermon Bible study online. And, uh, and, and I was talking about this passage, and I said, yeah, you know, the, the Gentile background believers were, were, uh, were, uh, were getting on the Jewish background believers because they were all wrapped around the axle over, the, over this dietary law stuff. And, and somebody in the Bible study called me on it and said, and I realized that, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that was a statement that I made, you know, just to kind of add a little humor and levity to the situation. But in reality, it was a little condescending, you know, to tell somebody they're wrapped around the axle over something. Uh, it's, I mean, it's so subtle in our lives. We have to be very, so very, very careful about what we say. Again, it takes, we can spend a lifetime building up relationships and destroy them with a careless word uh, uh, with, uh, without thinking. And, and we, we need to be careful not to do that. Uh, do not, by your eating, destroy your brother or sister for whom Christ died. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. And we could talk about uh, we could talk about vegetarian versus uh, uh, non-vegetarian, or, or we could talk about uh, about drinking the same thing. Uh, uh, People that know me know that I enjoy a good single malt now and then. Uh, but I have friends who are alcoholics. Uh, I'm not going to invite them over to my house and then pour them a soda and then pour myself uh, uh, an alcoholic beverage. I mean, why would I do that? Why, why would I do that? I don't want to destroy a brother or sister for whom Christ Died, the work that God is doing in their lives over issues of food and drink. That's, why would I do that? I wish it would just be, that that would be the only things that are disputable today, but it's not. There are other things that we're struggling with. Uh, here's one right here. The role of the mask. Does it have a role? Uh, is it appropriate? Is it inappropriate? Boy, we went round and round on this uh, uh, yesterday in the, in the men's online Bible study. 
uh, you know, there are, there are people that uh, are convinced that, these are the, 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 that, that masks are very, very important. See, I want to be very, very careful here. Uh, uh, but there are also people who think that masks are not important and that, and that, uh, uh, and that they're causing more damage than, than, uh, uh, than, they're, than they're helping. Um, and, and some of the policies, there's a, there's a declaration out called the Great Barrington uh, Declaration, which is a bunch of uh, scientists, doctors, and epidemiologists who have come together uh, worldwide to say what we're doing is very, very destructive, and, and we need to protect those at risk while letting people live. Uh, there's already a worldwide counter. Uh, so uh, somebody said, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science. The problem is science tells us nothing. It's the scientist who tells us all kinds of things. And there are scientists on both sides of the issue. But we need to be careful. And we, so we're wearing masks in here. We need to be respectful. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't wear a mask uh, all the time, but I always have one with me. You know, I'm an asthmatic. And so when I'm exercising, I'm not going to wear a mask. I, I do my brisk walks, and, and, and I'm out and about. But I know this is going to be hard to believe, but uh, you can't believe it. how many people I run into in Coronado when I just, I can go to, I, you say, I'm going to go to the, to, the, to the post office and to the bank. I'll be back in five minutes. And the, uh, and the office staff would go, yeah, right. Because <laughs> I'm running into people everywhere I go, and there's conversations. So I carry a mask when I'm out in public. Uh, and then when I find myself coming within six feet of a, of a person or an individual, I'm going to put the mask on. And somebody said to me, you know, Pastor, the mask is not going to stop you from getting COVID. The mask will not protect you. I said, I know that. But it'll protect other people from me. And I want to be respectful. And even within the church, I mean, there's churches that are saying, we're not going to wear masks. We're going to trust God to protect us. And, we're... and then it, the, there was an article uh, in the news this last week, Corona outbreak in church kills three people and infects dozens more. Oh my gosh, people are dying all over the place. I've yet to see corona outbreak in restaurant kills three people. And you, but the world is looking for reasons to pull the church down. We know that. We don't want to give them any excuse. And, and regardless of where you stand on the whole mask issue, let's not destroy a relationship over a mask. Just be respectful. Uh, of, for those for whom they want, the, and, and of course, for the state, they're going to shut us down if we're not wearing our masks. So we need to, we need to do that. You know, that's one, that's one area. We don't want to destroy the work of Christ, someone for whom Christ died because of a mask. There's another area, a disputable matter, that is tearing the church apart and tearing families apart. Disputable matters over politics. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I cannot tell you how grieved I am to hear families say we can no longer have family dinners. Uh, my uh, uh, fill in the blank. My sister, my brother, my child, my parent, 
won't talk to me anymore because I expressed a political view that they disagreed with. The relationships have been damaged. It breaks my heart. And I know that pain. Uh, I know that pain firsthand. I mean, I, I myself, I, years ago, it was years ago, I said something from the pulpit, standing up here. And I probably shouldn't have said it. On the way out, an individual that I had spent hours with, hours, walked out and said, I can never come back here. I said, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. If, if I said something to offend you, first off, I, I want to know what it is, and can we at least talk about it? This wasn't a casual relationship. This was someone that I had literally had spent hours with building that relationship. And, and, and the person said, well, well, I'll think about it, but I just don't think I can ever talk to you again. And that Sunday morning, that person walked out of my life. I, I, I would do anything to be able to pull those words back that I said, I can never pull them back. How, how, how are we doing? In the church. We're talking about in the family of God. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of politics. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of masks. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food or drink. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking or masking or politics, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. Think about that for a minute. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. Now, we talked about righteousness, and we've talked about Paul's application of righteousness. He's using it forensically. It is a declaration, a legal declaration. God has declared legally that we are righteous in Jesus Christ. It does not mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we are without sin. But it means that we are entering into a relationship with God where transformation can occur. Now, as I think about that, I am absolutely thrilled that I am clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But I need to remember that Christ died not just for me, but also for you. That you also are righteous. That doesn't mean that you are perfect. It means that legally you are in right relationship with God because of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is about righteousness. And as we rejoice in the righteousness that we have, in the grace and the forgiveness that we have, we need to remember that the people that we surround ourselves within the community of faith are also righteous. And to act accordingly. For the kingdom of God is about righteousness and peace. And, you know, we have a distorted view of peace these days. 
Uh, we think of peace in terms of the lack of conflict, the lack of violence. And, you know, when we, we, you know, uh, you know, we long for peace in the Middle East, and, and uh, there was a time when I was a boy, we wanted peace in Southeast Asia. And for older people, they remember wanting peace in uh, the Pacific Theater or in the European Theater as we're, we were at war, and we still find ourselves at war. And the opposite of war is peace, and that we, 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 we talk about the kingdom of God as righteousness and peace I think our minds naturally gravitate to that because it's so much a part of where we are in our culture. But that's not the idea of peace. The idea of peace in the Bible uh, is about a sense of well-being, inter-well-being and contentment because we know we are reconciled with God. And that's the peace that we should look for in our lives. And so when we find ourselves agitated, when we find ourselves upset, whether it's about politics, whether it's about masks, whether it's about food or drink, whatever it might be, that's the time when we need to step back and say, Lord, I'm experiencing a, a, a loss of peace within my, within my heart and soul, and I recognize that... It has to do with something that's going on between my ears. I cannot and I do not want my external circumstances to rob me of the peace that I have with God because of the righteousness that has been bequeathed upon me through Jesus Christ. For the kingdom of God is not about food, drink, masks, politics. Fill in the blank with your disputable issue. But the kingdom is about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if something is bringing you joy that is causing someone else distress, there's a disconnect. Because joy in the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc., etc., etc. In the kingdom of God, joy is manifest as we care for others. What does it mean to love but the will and good of another? It is as we are faithful in, in, in living out our relationship with Christ, we bring joy into other people's lives. That's what the kingdom of God is about. It's about righteousness. It's about peace. It's about joy in the Holy Spirit. Do not let what Christ died for destroy for the kingdom of God is more than that. And that's a challenge for us to live that out on a day-to-day basis. Because anybody who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by others. And here's the money shot for me, the 19th verse. This is the money shot. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Let me read that again. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. 
Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion on, on, on drink and, and meat and eating. It doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion on masks. It doesn't mean that I don't have a political opinion. And if you ask me, I'll tell you, maybe. But if you have a different opinion, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to be respectful, even if I disagree. Because I do not want to destroy anybody for whom Christ died. I do not want to destroy the work that God is doing in someone's life because of my politics. Make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Be about building each other up. How do we do that? How do we build instead of tear down? Well, if you have your bulletin, you'll find 15 handy ways to build up the body of Christ. Right there. I call them soul exercises. Because as you build up your own relationship with Christ, you are building up the body of Christ. So, I will, start, I will be still before God for five minutes a day. I will begin each day by counting five blessings. You can do more. You know, that's just an estimate. Uh, I will read Scripture intently. I will pray through the 23rd Psalm regularly. I will pray for an enemy. Okay, Pastor, you're pushing, that, pushing the envelope there. Unplug. I will unplug occasionally. Live without screens. I will slow down. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry. I will remember to play, keep th- keeping the Sabbath. I will reach out to someone beyond my comfort zone. I will do something kind for someone who doesn't like me. I will share my faith with someone. I will refuse to gossip. Boy, I'll tell you what. If we could just lock onto that one, we could call it a day. Well, you know what? I need you to pray for so-and-so because they're struggling with fill-in-the-blank. Is that really spiritual or is that a spiritualized way of gossiping? Yeah. I will practice forgiving others. I will trust God for outcome and stop worrying and I'll be generous. I mean, these are ways that build the kingdom of God. These are ways that celebrate the righteousness, the peace, and the joy that is ours. And we are living in challenging times, and the enemy has figured out a way to infiltrate the church on disputable matters. I'm not talking about undisputable matters. In in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. In essentials, we need to work for unity. In non-essentials, There needs to be liberty, and there needs to be charity in all things. It's so easy to tear down what can take a lifetime to build. It's one of the reasons that I'm so grieved as I'm watching the the, the riots and the protests uh, around the the nation. You see these these shops that people have poured their, their heart and soul, their life savings in, and built up these businesses And in in an instant, it's destroyed, it's gone. We laugh with our kids as we build with blocks or magnets or Legos or whatever and then knock them all down. But let us be very, very careful with one another and not destroy the work that God is doing in someone's life 
for the sake of politics or masks or music. Oh, uh, I like this style of music and I like to do this style of liturgy in my worship and if you don't like that, well, then there's something wrong with you. Even in fun, it was pointed out to me one time that in sarcasm, there's a little bit of truth. A dear friend of mine, uh, uh, in his corporate culture document, one of the things that he said will not be allowed in his business was sarcasm. It was on page 12. And if he was in a meeting and somebody was sarcastic, people would say, oh, page 12 violation. Let us not for the sake of a disputable issue destroy that for the person for whom Christ died. Let us not destroy the work that God is doing for the sake of an argument. You know what? You may be right, but you don't have to make your case. You don't have to, you don't have to win every argument to be right. Let's care for one another. Let's love for one another. Let's intentionally look for ways to build up the body of Christ. It is never more important than it is today in the midst of all the chaos that we are experiencing. And then... I believe we will find ourselves living in the kingdom of God, recognizing and celebrating the righteousness that's been given to each and every one of us, experiencing peace and celebrating joyfully with one another. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. What takes a lifetime to build can be destroyed in a minute. With an act of cruelty or violence, and sometimes even just a careless word, let's strive to really care for one another, to build each other up, and to not to destroy a brother or sister for whom Christ died, and for the sake of politics or masks or fill in the blank. Destroy the work that God is doing in a brother or a sister. But strive to remember that we are called to be peacemakers, brokers of reconciliation, agents of healing, forgiveness, and mercy. And when we're doing that, we will be living in the kingdom, celebrating God's righteousness with peace in our hearts, and joy in our relationships.